0: Hello, hello and a third hello. Welcome to Don't Forget Your Towel. I'm your host and GM, Azul, and today we present the final episode of Dream Apart, a game of belonging outside belonging that transports us to this shtetl in a world that's inspired by history and fantasy. Before we jump right in, though, we have some special, special news coming up, so make sure to follow us on our socials, on dfyt underscore podcast for Twitter and Instagram, or Don't Forget Your Towel podcast on Facebook and other platforms. We are so very excited about it, but it's still a secret, so watch this space. Also, a quick warning, there is going to be strong language and mature themes present in this episode. That being said, let's
1: jump right into it.
2: Previously on Don't Forget Your Towel
1: in a ditch at the bottom is uh, Maxim.
3: He's been strangled with some kind of fabric which has left indentations in his skin. We need to make it look like we don't know. So I like pull out my gun and head towards
2: the dead body. You start to perceive a hazy image of Maxim. You're dead. Do you know why? My daughter, she was going to get married. Whose
3: motives should I second guess right now?
2: Pastor Theodore.
3: A little moss-covered person crawls out of the dead man's pocket. Ah! Scampers off into the grass.
2: Hoist up my skirt. Skirts and try and follow the little mossy creature.
3: You stumble into a clearing. The tree trunk, like, lifts its mossy head. Perhaps you could bring me someone to stay with me. Tell me stories. Picks a handful of red berries. Those who eat these will not love who
4: they love now. You have people to play for. You have food to eat. And uh, he's going to begin his evening gig.
0: The tavern's, like, pretty full, you know. Soldiers, all all sorts. One of the schoolgirls points at him and says, hey, it's that guy who's near the dead body.
3: I barging into the church what happened to the lieutenant what have you done
2: the lieutenant's daughter was planning on marrying a jew i wrote to the church they were going to stop the wedding well
3: i'll be back if i live
1: as you like turn leaving the memory and like step one foot outside the church hi right there
2: be it our strength a winter craft,
1: from phaeron to arkham to mar
3: Is everything okay? I offer her the communion wine. (laughs) (laughs) She takes a swig. (laughs) I say, well, you want to know who killed him? Does it matter? You didn't get anything out of him, did you? The dead man? No. Mm, The dead man. Mm. Well, I uh, think I know. Ah, good. So, Theodore, he was going to officiate. you'd call it that, at a wedding between this crazy lieutenant's daughter and a Jew. I don't know what Jew. I don't know what Jew is crazy enough to marry the daughter of the lieutenant. But Theodore backed out, wrote a letter to the church.
1: This is a fakakta story you're telling me right now.
3: Yes. So he backs out, he writes a letter to the church. Walk with me. Okay. We're walking to the tavern.
1: Okay. We're walking.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Handing the bottle back and forth. I don't know if we're attracting attention. Let's see. Our route takes us by the Hasidic synagogue. We probably run into Gittel as she walks out
1: of the woods. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> <Two>. <laughs> yes, so this, this priest, mm-hmm. Theodore, uh-huh. he writes a letter yes. to the officials, whatever. Who's going to carry such a letter? I don't know, maybe a soldier? Mm-hmm. And tells him about it. Asking them to stop the wedding. Oh. They're going to stop the wedding. It's a scandal. It's a scandal for the whole Russian army. This is a disgrace. Make them a laughingstock. How would they keep an order in a shtetl when the lieutenant himself allows such things to happen? True. Scandal. Be a scandal for his name. Be a scandal for his honor. And you know how these men think? Honor is more important than life. Mm. So you think one of his men killed him? His own men. Mm. So,
1: well, you're going to go confront his men then.
3: Come help me. Yeah, I'm going to find which one did it and kill him. Okay. I'm also telling you a secret. I mean, it's not that yeah. much of a secret, <laughs> but the fact that I'm going to kill him probably gives you leverage yeah. over me. I don't know, arguably.
1: I would count that as a secret, yeah. like the fact that I'm going to kill him. So if you're going to go kill him, what's going to happen to you? Someone will kill you then.
4: Seems likely. As you two are talking about this, Yaakov is looking out towards the soldiers, gulps, and pulls his case closer, in the camera goes into the case, and you can see the letter <laughs> underneath <laughs> all of the new strings <laughs> and bow replacements is that Theodore wrote. Ooh, what? It's the letter that Theodore wrote. Plot thickens. So if you die,
3: what are you gonna do with your stuff?
1: Can I haven't.
3: <laughs> mm, you'd like it, wouldn't you? Well, yes. But maybe I won't die. Been lucky before. Mm-hmm. But
1: it is—it is a nice pistol, and we have a good book, fine clothes. I could fetch a price for them, perhaps.
3: I have six tokens. I can kill six people. <laughs> <laughs> Just kill the whole shit.
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> I
3: think we should cut back to Eli. Yeah, I think so too. Eli is with the rabbi and the...
1: Approaching Polish soldiers. Yeah, the Polish soldiers.
3: I'm going to take back the texts and traditions. Mm -hmm.
1: So you're the rabbi now. Isabel, do you want to play the soldiers?
2: Yep, I'll be the soldiers. Cool.
0: So Eli's just pointed at them and said, you mean because they're coming?
3: So the rabbi says, what should we do? Too late now. You've already attracted their attention.
2: Yeah, the Polish soldiers have noticed that you are pointing at them and are starting to sort of bristle, getting ready for a fight.
3: In your opinion, Eli, what is the correct course of action?
2: (laughs) So
0: I think for a moment and then shrug and say, it's simple, we tell the truth. The truth always brings us to salvation.
3: And yet we are not obligated to tell the truth in this case, because there's a higher value to protect ourselves.
0: You asked for your my opinion, and that is all I have to say.
3: I know, I'm asking for an opinion, then I'm giving you my opinion, then you give me your opinion, that's how this works.
0: Is it really how it works? I'm going to insist on contentiously debating a minor point. Is that really how it should work? <laughs> How do you think it should work? I believe in finding the truth, and the truth is the important fact. After all, what are we without the truth?
3: And yet, how can we find the truth unless we debate with one another? Does any one of us alone have the truth? Who are you that you should have all the truth?
0: An opinion counts only as a half-truth. We must debate with evidence and facts to back what we are saying up.
3: And yet... I have the evidence and facts on my side. What? Consider Jacob and Esau. I'm- Jacob lied. (laughs) He lied to his father so that he would have the birthright, and yet he's our ancestor. Why isn't Esau our ancestor? If the truth is always the right answer. Tell that to Jacob!
0: Ask yourself this question. If we had left as the soldiers were approaching, or if we attempt to...
3: These soldiers uh, right here.
0: <laughs> the, the soldiers that are just a few feet away from us and probably can hear us. Yes, yes these Those yes. soldiers. Okay,
3: that's yes. clarifying uh, the referent of your statement. <laughs>
0: if we had run away, or if we choose to lie right now, we would be causing harm to ourselves. Instead, if we stick to the truth, we arrived here and there was a dead body. Look at all of the people who can vouch for us what ill could befall us
2: as this conversation is happening the polish soldiers have started to come towards you they see you pointing at them and they hear that you are having a heated discussion they don't like the sound of that so they go Oi, or whatever the polish equivalent would be for that <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys doing they look at the ditch to see what the commotion is about and they the dead body.
3: You see? Now they see the dead body. Are they going to believe your truth? That we just found him? Is this plausible?
2: They turn to you. They get their guns ready and say, hey, you two, what's going on here?
0: I immediately turn to the soldier and say, hang on a bit. We're trying to decide whether or not we should tell you the truth. And then I turn (laughs) back to the rabbi.
3: It's (laughs) It's <laughs> to be worth a token somehow. Yeah, it totally <laughs> is. <laughs> and it's at least attracting unwanted attention, human or otherwise.
0: I'll take it. And I turn to the rabbi and says, "As I was saying, the truth is the most important thing to say at the moment. I mean, clearly they will cause us more harm by acting on some lie that we create upon who knows what sort of imagination."
3: I admit that it could have bad consequences. My question to you is, what are they? Are they likely to believe us if we simply? simply? simply say we are here debating next to a dead body that we have no connection with. They are already predisposed to be suspicious of Jews. And then, in addition, we are standing here debating in front of a dead body—a dead body <laughs> of, I add, of a Russian
2: soldier. Stop speaking in your Jewish language.
3: Would we
0: understand Polish?
3: Yeah. Yes, yes. We have to understand Polish to. Okay, cool. We have to sell them things, and they make us understand their language. They don't necessarily bother understanding ours, so maybe some people mind.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I tend to the soldiers and say, "Well, do you not want us to figure out what to tell you, or because we're in the middle of a heated debate, as you as you can see, it's very important that we come." to a decision as to what we can tell you.
2: We'll make it easy for you. You lie to us, we shoot you.
0: I turn to the rabbi and says, they will shoot us if we lie to them. They will shoot us if they
3: think that we're lying to them, but they may think that we're lying to them if we tell them the truth. Here, let's do the experiment. Hello, (laughs) I say in Polish. (laughs) Sir, (laughs) we have nothing to do with this dead body.
0: And I turn to the uh, soldier and says, we have everything to do with this dead body. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Okay, okay, no, the the one Polish soldier that turns to the other one and says, I know this one, I know this one. He turns to Eli and says, is the other one lying?
3: (laughs) (laughs) This is a Polish soldier was studied. I am very impressed, (laughs) the rabbi says in Yiddish.
0: I as well, what is your name, young soldier? You shall promise (laughs) to finding the truth. I may take you on a journey towards the truth that my sons have failed me several times. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Looking for a new son. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: see their understanding of the truth i say to the rabbi and then say listen kind young soldiers who will definitely listen to us if we speak the truth we just came upon this body very recently it seems like it belonged to a russian soldier and there was another russian soldier who just walked away with really no logic behind his action
2: Okay. The poles look down at the man and kind of look at each other. The one who is most recently speaking to Eli says, eh, it does appear to be a Russian. Not really our business.
0: <laughs> aye, aye. <laughs> I'm. I'm going to debate this and insist on. Amazing. That is not entirely correct, soldier. You. You control this land more or less. You have a duty to make sure that. Ah, you... but do
3: they? That is the question. For the Russians have conquered them.
0: That is true. So technically, the Russians are above you, and you should serve your righteous conquerors, or so they insist. <laughs>
3: But are they under an obligation? Because is it not analogous to the situation that we are in with regard to them? (laughs) That is true. We will take a step back
0: and you may take control of the situation.
3: We are not permitted to steal from them. But if we happen to come into their property without any fault of our own, we are not necessarily obligated to return to them. How much more so are they not obligated to report to the Russians the death of a Russian which might impact them? Is it not the same principle I ask you, Eli?
0: Which brings up another question. Does this Russian body belong to us, then, if we found it? Is it farther
3: than 50 cubits from your property? (laughs) If it is within 50 cubits, then the found object belongs to the owner. If it is farther than 50 cubits, it belongs to the finder. Although I'm not sure this applies in the case of a Russian body.
0: I turn to the soldier and says, Do you have a measuring tape of some sort?
2: (laughs) (laughs) The younger one um, says... Well, I am about five foot eleven. I don't know what measuring system they use at this time in Poland. <laughs> I'm five foot eleven. If um, you lay me down and stack me, just figure out that, then I could probably figure out how long something is. And the other pole whacks him over the head and says, <laughs> "Stop it! <laughs> We've got to work to no. We're on duty.
0: I agree. We should really... Mm. He nods to the rabbi, like, really very much in thought.
3: Young man, we are perfectly happy to assist you. And also, if you would like at any point to learn Talmud with us, we would be very happy for you to come by.
0: <laughs> you would see the light and the truth and become a better person.
2: The young pole looks interested, but uncomfortable because he can't really seem too interested in front of another boy. So he kind of goes, oh, uh, mm, mm. Yeah. Mm.
0: I think Eli cuts him off. It's okay if you can't respond honestly around your soldiers. I I understand that soldiers. Now,
3: is this not a contradiction to what you previously said? (laughs) Explain the discrepancy, Eli, between your policy now as regards the young soldier revealing the embarrassing fact of his interest in our traditions to his colleagues (laughs) versus our responsibility to say the truth to them about the dead body. What? What? Explain.
0: I'm going to admit, so weak move. Admit wrongdoing and ask for forgiveness. Uh, you are right, Rabbi. I, I I apologize. This is this is true. A soldier, you must always speak the truth because, as I mentioned earlier, in a language you clearly have no interest in learning yet. <laughs> the truth will always set us free, and therefore you must speak the truth, regardless of what the consequences may be. As we are speaking the truth about
3: this, I disagree. However. I do not think you're obligated to speak the truth, because I think that while that is an important value, it must be weighed against other values, such as what your colleague would think if he realized that you were interested in studying Talmud with us, which of course you're not.
0: And I humbly disagree with him. See, I believe that we should
2: indeed. The older Polish soldier is <laughs> going to now point his gun at you guys. <laughs> they say, stop talking.
0: See, that will <laughs> never happen if you join us for the learnings.
2: We're going to leave the body here for now. We're going to inform the Russian army of the body so that they can take it away and bury it as they see fit. In a manner befitting a soldier, don't touch it. I don't know what you people do. Never, never.
3: No, no, no. We don't, we don't touch other people's dead bodies. That's not, that's not our thing, really. I think you're behaving very sensibly. I appreciate your handling the situation. Uh, thank you for your uh, kind consideration in this matter.
0: Although I must say that I am not sure how the Russians will react to a Russian soldier being killed in grounds that was supposedly protected by you.
3: This is another opinion.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is not a, not an opinion. It is not a half truth. It is a statement of reality, Rabbi. Really?
3: It's more of a question. You said, I am not sure. Well, it is true that you are not sure. That's true. But there's an implied question. If you say, I am not sure how they will react, there is an implied question. The implied question is, how will they react?
0: And it is a statement of truth. I do not know how they would react.
3: It's true, but I could phrase any question as a statement of truth. I could say, I do not know how old you are. I do not know what your shoe size is.
2: Shut up! <laughs> Shut up! Shut up! <laughs> What do you suggest we do then? If you're so confident that the Russians will react badly, what would you suggest?
0: Oh, I, I I clearly did not say that as we were just discussing. i The truth of the statement is that I do not know what they would do when they realize that you failed in protecting the grounds here and this Russian soldier. I
3: mm. do not know. This is similar to what you asked before because his policy is to tell the soldiers, but what he is saying is that he believes that my policy would not be to tell the soldiers.
0: I think I lost track of your policy now
2: lord give me strength okay we are leaving now i am done with this conversation <laughs> no wonder if this is the leadership in your community your community is done for Goodbye.
0: This is also an opinion. (laughs) 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 This I agree with. It is an opinion. A half-truth. Correct?
2: The Polish soldiers are walking away as you continue to have this conversation.
3: And perhaps we should go to the tavern and continue this conversation there.
0: Of course. Finding out the truth in this matter is of imperative importance. And we also need to measure how far this body is from my house, Rabbi.
3: Yes, although this may have been rendered irrelevant by the soldiers' opinions because, after all, the law of the community is the law. One must uh, allow them press in these secular matters particularly as the corpse is a russian soldier but come to the tavern let us continue our conversation there
0: we're still talking as we're walking <laughs> just arguing heatedly
3: <laughs> oh bravo i mean i could listen to that all day well let's see what's going on in the tavern so where did we leave it
0: we left with one of the young girls pointing at Yaakov and saying,
1: that's the guy who was by the dead body. And Yaakov tried to play it off like nothing and begin a performance.
4: I I think actually I wouldn't play it off by ignoring it. Uh, Yaakov would say, don't we all feel like dead bodies when we're here? And, like, play it off with, like, this, like, cryptic joke. Uh-huh. And then begin the performance. So he begins to play.
3: The soldiers are muttering to one another and heading towards interpreting the schoolgirl. And in the back, there's a, a sort of a hushed argument that Yaakov maybe notices that is sort of rising in pitch. And it's Victor, your friend, the magician, who, of course, is here because his act is after yours, and he's in the back in a table with somebody who's like very veiled, like somebody wearing women's clothes and they have a head cutter, but they're also kind of have their thing pulled up and, you know, just sort of like very, very hidden and is arguing with Victor. And Victor is kind of like, no, just stay, just, stay, just stay. And then she pulls away from him and like strides toward the stage. It's Miriam, ah. of course. And she begins to sing to accompany Yaakov's I- I- song. So boldly, pulling away her scarf, she was hiding behind, she starts singing in the most beautiful voice, which from Gittle's perspective, passing by the tavern, <laughs> reveals where valuable information can be found, <laughs> and gives voice to the tradition. She's also singing a traditional song. Yes.
1: And as the market, I want to present something to Gittel. So, you've been presented with a deal with the spirit, right? You need to get them a storyteller right? And you've got these berries, mm-hmm. and your daughter's right over there, and you need to get this, the berries to your daughter. Well, who's your daughter next to but that no Goodnick Klezmer? That's a storyteller. <laughs> oh, no.
2: Yes, uh, indeed.
1: And uh, he doesn't really need to necessarily come willingly. If you just got one of those soldiers to <laughs> plonk him on the head,
3: you could probably pick him up. That sounds like an uncomfortable bargain.
2: A <laughs> bribe would probably be more effective. I wouldn't have to carry a grown man then um, if, mm. I, if I was able to tell him that I would pay him to come with me to the forest.
1: What would you pay him with? You don't have anything.
2: I know, I'm already in debt.
1: Can you outlie him? Ooh. Mm.
0: Can you outlie the person who is uh, supposedly telling <laughs> a lie?
3: Yeah, but that doesn't mean he's good at seeing the truth necessarily.
1: True. This seems like a reasonable gamble
3: to make. So Gittel comes in. What do you do, Gittel?
2: Gittel is going to uh, sit herself down uh, in the tavern and just sort of watch for now Miriam's performance.
3: Miriam blanches when she sees her mother come in, but she sort of defiantly keeps singing.
2: What I want to know is where's Victor in this situation?
3: He was sitting in the back with her. He was off on a booth, yeah.
2: Okay, I'm gonna go up to Victor then. I'm gonna go and sit next to him.
4: Just to set the scene for the music, it's a jaunty tune, it's a uh, play on, I would say, an old Polish folk tune, but it has, like, elements and ornaments mixed in that are traditionally from uh, Jewish texts, kind of, like, mixed in to kind of, like, say, like, hey, there's, like, this hidden identity am- among it. He is trying to get people to be merry and be drunk right now. Mm. So... Kittle, you're
1: sitting next to Victor. Victor looks visibly uncomfortable. Uh, this is my table. There are other tables. You could sit at other tables.
2: But I want to sit in this one. Is that a problem?
1: Well, um, and he looks to see if, like, Miriam can see him. Oh, I'm, I'm sure 100% she's, like, eyeing the two of you as she's, like, singing. <laughs> well, um, I, I would hate to do anything to to offend you.
2: I should hope so.
1: But get out of my table, you witch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow
2: You are a very disrespectful man I don't know what they teach people where you come from But it's not how we speak to people here
1: Well, it is how I speak to you Who does not deserve my respect You, you, you
2: are hiding your daughter
1: away She is a
2: lovely woman, look at her I am hiding my daughter Does she look particularly hidden right now? She's out here on display for everyone to see uh,
1: Yes, and, it, and, and and I support it He says, (laughs) (laughs) "Unsurely."
2: Yes, it's a wonderful life for a young woman to be singing for men's entertainment in a bar. Oh, very well done. You're such a great match for my daughter.
1: Well, I'm glad to hear that you agree.
2: In fact, why don't I get you a drink? Drinks on me. Might as well enjoy the performance. Uh, barkeep? Uh, I'm gonna call the barkeep. Yes,
1: what can I get for you?
2: (laughs) Two alcoholic beverages that would have made sense for this time period and location. (laughs) 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 Uh,
1: And the bartender returns with drinks. I
3: think probably vodka and beer are your main (laughs) choices in this.
2: Yeah. I'm going to say I ordered beer because it's not clear like vodka would be. And before the beer gets here, I crush one of the berries in my hand. And I take the, both the drinks from the server mm-hmm. and sort of grab it so that my hand goes over the drink. And as I'm doing so, we take that opportunity to drop the crushed up berry into the drink and then hand it to Victor and say, to your health. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think definitely at around this point, you'll hear two loud voices arguing about what truth is entering <laughs>
3: I'm wondering if Eli's. It's his wayward son, who's always been a disappointment on stage playing the violin. Hmm. Does he have a relationship
0: with Gittle? I, I think. There's no explicit relationship mentioned with Kittle, but he knows of, at the very least, Victor, because Victor would have been around. Like, he thinks Victor is, like, a bad influence mm. on Yaku, so... Yeah, and
1: Gittel's sitting with him!
0: He's immediately like, "Oh, I, I need to know what's going on. Maybe this is an excuse for Victor to just kind of buzz off, off out of the village. So I think Eli immediately takes a U-turn and just, just buzz lines towards the table just as this is going on. Well, I see that you're here with... This is to Victor. I completely ignore Gitzel. I see that you're here with Yakov. Yes, he, he, I am on next. Oh, are you going to cause delusions in our minds? Is that what you do? I, I forget. It is,
1: it is <laughs> magic, you know? It's the, it disappears, it reappears.
0: Yes, the very foundations of anti-truth. You understand how maniacal this
1: is. Maniacal? And Victor looks towards Gittel. I am a maniacal, apparently.
2: Um, you know, that's one word for it. Maniacal, foolish, debaucherous. All good words.
1: <laughs> Bad influence adding onto the growing list. Well, I can see that this is no longer my table, and Victor. Goes, and I'm going to take both of these.
4: Victor, Victor, let's make this for. Let's turn this duet into a trio. And I will uh, use a strong move to diffuse a tense situation with jokes or beauty. Oh. Victor goes, ah, well,
2: then, fine.
1: And sets down his beer and runs over. Oh
2: no, does Victor not skull some beer before he goes? <laughs> the beer is sitting there on the table like Chekhov's gun. <laughs> You don't take a mouthful before you go on stage.
1: Do you have a move you can do to influence
2: him? Oh, um, what can I do? I can persuade mutually hostile groups to ally for now. Oh. That's something I can do. So I'm going to say, hold on, hold on, guys. Understand things get a a little heated here. Obviously, I'm not a huge fan of Victor and you aren't either. But we we're in the tavern. It's a place of fun. And they're doing a nice song. How about we all have a drink together and just enjoy for now? And I'm gonna hand Eli the untainted beer, and I'm gonna hand Victor the tainted beer. Truce.
1: <laughs> I think Victor definitely goes. Well, I can I can drink to peace, and he like puts his his beer towards Eli. Ooh. So, just to clarify,
0: did you did you use your move related to me, um, Gittel, or?
2: Yeah, it's so it's making hostile parties become allies. So it's both of you.
0: Okay, I think what I'll do is I'll, I'll react with rigid dogmatism and resentment and say, unfortunately, I do not believe that. Kind of looks away, kind of almost like it's a bad taste, and says, "Magicians are capable of finding the truth, but because you request, I will drink to this." Uh, Peace is always something one should drink to. And he kind of raises a glass and...
3: So what if Avram and Chaya are reaching the door of the tavern at this moment? Yeah. Avram turns to Haya and says, So, you do your witch stuff. Help me find out which one is the killer. Uh, All right?
1: Sure. And I think Haya looks out towards the crowd. And I'm going to whisper out into the world towards the ghost of the miller's wife and say you who have been wronged help me find who has wronged this man you who thought you were in love help me find who wronged these lovers and compel her obedience with a secret name
0: uh, uh, and have
1: the ghost of the miller's wife point out to me sure. who has knowledge of this situation maybe where the letter is or something like that
4: so Actually, this plays nice in line with uh, just a flavor thing that Yakov was going to do. So as as Victor makes his way over to the stage and pulls out his juggling balls and is going to juggle alongside the music and all that kind of stuff, you see that Yakov kind of puts the violin away, pulls out the case, and opens it up in front of the crowd almost like give me your coin and as it clings open and it goes back to playing there's a tug you feel a chaya kind of in in your chest as when you see the hand of the miller's wife grasp around your your top yeah your collar and kind of like pulling you forth and you see i don't know if you have seen uh, like string cases but at the neck you can see a like this unseen force like pulled back that that part of the case Avram, check the case
3: I just want to, before I, I say what Avram does I just want to switch to Wild Forest for a moment because while this is happening Victor walks up to the stage, takes out his juggling balls and then he just looks at his juggling balls like, what, why do I even why do I have these things what, <laughs> it seemed so much fun before but all of a sudden I feel ah. he's
0: lost all of his love yes I think Eli sees this and shouts out, Ha! That's that's the spirit magician! He's, he's very happy that this is all. <laughs> Victor!
3: Victor, come on! Okay, so turning back to Avram. I said, Avram, the case. So Avram goes up to the case, oh. looks in Yaakov's eyes,
4: picks up the case, and... The music stops playing. Oh, actually, does Yaakov recognize him? Ooh, that's a great question. How long has Avram been back?
0: I'm actually going to make the weak move of attract unwanted attention. I'm going to point at Avram and say, look, it's the Russian soldier who was near the other dead Russian. They're drinking while their fellow soldiers dead. This is clearly expected, actually. This is very expected. Keep drinking, soldiers.
1: (laughs) I'm going to do a weak move, provoke others' enmity, suspicion or distrust, and say, look, Yaakov, your brother. And Eli's like, what?
3: Staring at Yaakov. I turn over the case, pour out all the coins onto the stage, and then yank
4: out the letter, and then let the case drop. The violin gets thrown uh, onto onto the stage and I'm using my last strong move to get out of harm's way and bolt out of the tavern.
1: I think the tavern erupts into chaos. The musician just bolted. Uh, somebody was just insulting the Russian soldiers. This Russian soldier walked up and flipped over a thing, and there's a, a weird letter. Somebody was dead, and this is the first time the Russians have heard that someone was dead. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's chaos, pandemonium.
2: In this, um, Gitel is going to slip out and try and follow Yakov.
3: Okay,
0: uh, what does the letter say? It's a letter um, in official Catholic a church, lettering, like with the borders, I don't know what official Catholic lettering look like looks like, but um, appropriate to the era. Yes, postage appropriate to the era. It's, it's got, whatever
3: nineteenth like, century Catholic letters look like. Exactly,
0: the letter asking for permission actually, and uh, Father Tito, we we because he's he's the writer. Um, it's actually surprising because it seems like he's advocating for the marriage as opposed to not, and saying like it should be fine. This is uh, the community required. Is a coming together of two opposing groups and he thinks that it would so distrust if it were not to go through and that he has seen both the individuals of the marriage and that they would be perfect as a couple And in fact, perhaps this would be a good way of gaining the trust of the Russian orthodoxy as well, considering, you know, we're doing a good boon for like a very high up lieutenant. Just goes on and on like that.
3: He's all the more like the fact that this noble, feudal, idiotic quest... (laughs) <laughs> to you know change the world and bring these two impossible worlds together the fact that he was fool enough to write this letter on this absurd crusade that was going to end his career out of misplaced naive love it's just i'm practically weak like a single tear drips down my cheek
0: also you can tell the naivete because like the, he's, he's given the address and the general patterns of where they live <laughs> and
3: everything yeah yeah
0: what's Eli, doing? I think Eli's definitely like he's he's shocked, but he's he's gathering his. He has no idea what's going on. I think he goes to Chaya oh, yeah, yeah, first, and he's like, "What do you mean, brother? This is your son Avram. He has returned. My son is dead. Yaakov killed him." No.
2: At this point, uh, Marta, the tavern worker, comes out from behind the the bar and says, "I'm sorry. Did 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 I hear that somebody had died? Who's died?
0: Some Russian."
2: At this point, Avram realizes, of course, that Marta is... He recognizes her as the lieutenant's daughter.
3: Oh, that's... Uh. Wow. That's pretty great. So I hand Chaya the letter. And I say, did my brother strangle him? Here's the letter. He had it. Was it his hands? Or was it one of these? And I point to the Russian soldiers. I say, Gospodina, with like very, very formal Russian courtesy. Gospodina, your father is dead.
2: What? No, I... I just saw him yesterday.
3: He was found murdered. Murdered? And then I turn to the table of Russian soldiers and I say, Pavel, Sasha, Boris. (laughs) <laughs> Which one of you was it?
1: None of us. What are you talking about? I say, witch. Is th- are they lying? <laughs> Haya goes, I, I, I am not a witch. She said as she looks at Eli and looks at Avram.
4: <laughs> Marta, you hear from behind you as Yaakov is trying to make his way back into the tavern through the back door, through the kitchen. You hear the, the door opening. <laughs> of him coming back in to go back upstairs do we see it like does anyone like or just marta or i would say Avram would also see him
2: so marta is going to um here here's Jacob coming in is going to run run to him like, like yakov my love my father's been murdered
0: i heard yakov get here why
3: did you do it i shout across the room at yakov why did you do it she loves you you idiot
0: eli also speaks up and says yakov what is this who is this man insisting to be your brother, who you killed! Yaakov, what is
3: he saying? I turned to my father. Are you such an idiot? He killed you! Did you see the body? Your whole lives you read these texts? You've never read the parashat? Whatever. I named the parasha where- where Joseph is, uh, you know, pretend murdered by his brothers. He's rendered speechless because- This is the one thing I remember from my childhood, like, even in Talmud Torah we learned that. Like, I never read any Talmud, but like, that's in Genesis. Like, I definitely got to it by age 12. Then I turned my attention back to Yaakov. What did you do? How did he die?
2: He hasn't done anything, stop saying that!
3: Never meant to get this far. Yaakov... What have you done? Yes, go on. Tell them, what did you do?
4: Tell your love. Tried to survive.
2: You're lying. You wouldn't. You're about to get married.
4: He's just quiet and looks up at Avram and he says, you weren't supposed to come back.
3: No, I'm aware of that, brother. Oh God, it's true. No, you got rid of me, didn't you? I loved you, Yaakov. I protected you.
0: I know, I know. He was your brother, Yaakov. He...
2: (laughs) So Gitel had been following Yaakov. And um, when he, you know, slipped back into the the cavern, so did she. So um, she's sort of been, you know, lurking behind at this point, unseen. Um, At this point, she sort of comes up behind Yaakov, still kind of hiding. So they got behind him so they others can't see her. And she whispers, you need to leave now. Follow me. I can hide you.
4: Ooh. He looks up at Elias' father and he says... I'm sorry I never listened. What happens when one lie turns into another and it festers and grows? I should have listened to the truth that you spoke and speak it and lied about Avram. And when that ate away at me, the guilt, the lies, how it festers, it continues, it, it eats. If I was to feel pain for my actions, the Maxim wasn't wasn't allowed to live and continue. He wasn't allowed to be happy, too. He wasn't allowed to be. And then the ultimate pain.
2: So I was just a way of you getting to my father.
4: And he collapses onto his knees.
2: You never loved me.
4: I is going to slip away. (laughs) 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 And for the narrative, the strong move is I fall out of love. Ah. In his mind, it's all just conflicted feelings. And he falls and he doesn't know what to do with himself. He He says, if I can't be happy with my actions, then the ones that helped me can't be happy either. As the Goyish world, I think the Russian soldiers stand up
1: and look towards Avram and they say, kill him. He has killed the lieutenant. He just confessed.
3: I was going to kill him. That was my whole plan. But at this point, he... by the way, Boris, Pasha, Ivan, I apologize for accusing you. It was understandable. I thought maybe you did it.
2: But him, he did it. (laughs) Yeah, Kitil's still there. She's now visible because Jacob's (laughs) dropped to his knees, but no one's paying attention to her. Um, And she's going to once again say, you have to come with me now.
3: I turn to Eli and I say, so father, you're this great wise man. Always the truth, yes? Well, now your son has finally told the truth. So you decide his punishment. Shall I cut him out of his misery. I cock my gun.
0: I think when Yaakov first fell to his knees, Eli instinctively moved towards him just to comfort him. But I think he stops literally two steps away, remembering what's going on, what's happening around him. And he thinks for a moment, and I'm going to use one of my strong moves, which is persuade someone with reason and learning. And I'm going to say, whatever his deeds were and however evil or bad they may have been he has freed himself through truth we must give him a fair trial and ascertain his punishment through the community not by some whim of
3: violence
0: and i think eli gestures to us the um, russian soldiers who have already taken out their guns
1: one of them is like approaching with his gun
3: Abram <laughs> steps in front of the russian soldier and he says allow me to translate because <laughs> I assume you like said this, and yet it's yeah. not Russian. Yeah, yeah. He is the killer, and he will face a judge. And Do you know why? Why? Because we will show these Jews that we are men of law. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. The soldier goes, we should just kill him. All a trial does is, is, is delay the inevitable. This this Jew should hang.
3: Mm, he will hang. He will hang before court. I will not waste my bullets on him. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, the Russians are going to arrest you. Gittle is distraught. He's not moving. You know, the, her her storyteller is on the floor, you know, kneeling. And she looks up, and on the bar is sitting the little green spiderling. Arms akimbo, like legs dangling down, sitting there watching you.
4: So I think while people are distracted, and it's only the soldiers coming towards me. Well, the soldiers have stopped
3: to talk to me about whether you should hang.
4: Oh, yeah. While that, their backs are turned, and I heard Gittle in my ear, it's going to be coming up from crying, looking back, seeing Gittle, and then... Just going to the shadows.
2: Without me or with me? With you. Right. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to grab your arm and I'm going to lead you out and we're going to bolt towards the forest.
4: And I'm going to pull off an impossibly daring stunt. That's my last story. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Arum claps Sasha on the, on
3: the shoulder and says, you know, I had doubts about where I belonged in this world, but they are gone now let's take him. Then I turn around and I'm like, oh, fuck. (laughs) 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 He's gone.
1: Sasha looks towards Eli and says, well, one juice is good as another. Grab him.
3: Avram looks over at, at Marta and says, well, do you care if your father finds justice or just some semblance of justice?
2: He killed my father, so kill his father. I imagine I
0: understand the word father. Like, so I'm like, oh, she's probably talking about her father, who died. And I probably tend to him and say, what's going on?
3: Well, they say one Jew is as good as another.
0: But that is so factually incorrect that I could go on and on about it for the next <laughs> couple of months.
3: I, in fact, I could write a, a... I pick up the vodka and I say, fine, would we take him to the judge. All right. The judge will hang one Jew as well as another. So he grabs Eli by the scruff of the neck and push him forward to Sasha, clap Sasha's hand on him, and like escort Sasha and and Boris out the door in front of me.
1: As you clap Eli out and you carry him out and you drag him out, I'm gonna do a strong move, which is uh, to forgive someone. (laughs) I whisper into Eli's ear as he's being dragged away. And I say, I forgive you of your future. May you find peace in Olam Haba.
4: Ah.
2: What is Victor doing right now?
4: Victor saw his friend almost get arrested. I admit to murdering a man. He's probably picking up uh, Yakov's coins that (coughs) Avram just, like, turned inside out.
0: I'd like to imagine, like, just putting that into action, that, like, he instinctively went up to pick up the coins. And then, like, as he was just about to put it into his pocket, he just realized that there's no point and puts it back into Yakov's, like, open violin case and then just walks away.
1: I think Miriam's trying to, like, sort of, like, shake him out of it. And he's just, like, not paying attention to her.
2: yeah. I don't think she would understand what's happening. I think she would assume that Victor is distraught over what happened with his friend rather than understanding fully that something's happened to him. Yeah, so she is trying to comfort Victor, um, but Victor keeps sort of shrugging her off and just kind of grossed out by her attention.
3: Yeah, Gittle sees that and feels like her plan has worked. (laughs) (laughs)
2: So we are running through the forest. Uh, I reckon the little the little green guy is is with me now. He's starting to lead yeah. the way once again. I know a safe place, Yakov.
3: Now it's night, like full night by this time. So before it was all shades of green, dappled light, and now it's like just green darkness but you could see the little like little shimmer of moonlight glancing off of a little tiny spiderling is running forward through the forest and so you you're hustling eli you can, you can hear this time like a little bit the creaking of the trees as they shift around you like opening the way and you return to the clearing
2: um, there's, there's somebody uh here who can help you to be safe and to escape it'll be here any moment
3: this is sort of a creaking sound as the largest like Looming shadow lifts its head. Said, you, you returned.
2: Yes, yes, I have. This man here, he is the best storyteller. The best in our village. Always spinning tales and, and playing the violin. Most beautifully, long, long stories.
3: His heart is broken.
2: Yes, well, um, he did just kill somebody, so.
3: (laughs) You are, you are almost a ghost.
4: He looks up and nods toward to And the thing that's going through his head is like, why would you save me? And it's like, oh, right. He looks over to this creature, and um, now I'm just waiting for death. Well, and he looks to his hands with what once hold, held his fiddle and bow, and I walk forward and I sit in front of him and say, now would you like a true story, or would you like a lie?
3: Out of the ground, a branch like grows out, and sort of like twisting with vines, and like a small tree growing at an alarming rate comes up, twists around into a circle, and then like flowers bloom and then die and everything and it's it's this large like egg-shaped bundle of vines and it it reaches out with its fingers and sort of pulls apart the vines and there's a violin inside it's like green it's like still a little sticky with sap the the creature it picks out the violin and
4: hands it to you and it says
3: now you will begin to tell the difference
4: and i think he begins playing the first prayer that his father taught him
3: oh So we cut back to outside the tavern. Mm -hmm. Eli is being hustled forward, pitched forward into the mud by Sasha and Boris and Ivan. And Avram brings up the rear. He turns behind him. He closes the tavern door, pulls it shut. And he takes out his pistol and he executes all three of the Russian soldiers. (laughs) Three strong moves. (laughs) <laughs> what? Kill someone, kill someone, kill someone.
0: I did not expect that. Eli is shocked. He was like, he's, he's been betrayed enough times to like not like look death in the eye or like oncoming pistols and not be like immediately afraid. And um, so this is, he was trying to come to terms with his, what was going to happen to him. But this completely like shocks him.
1: Chaya is right there and she screams, no, no. You were supposed to get him to die. What? Haya, what are you saying? Why do you want me dead? Also, what just... Because you will kill me. You will do it. What? What? Why? What? what? This isn't over. And she <laughs> runs away. You forgave me! I don't, have a token, I don't have a token to escape, so you can chase if you'd like.
3: But she tries to
1: run. You could catch her easily.
3: So Avram, without a word... Reaches into his knapsack, pulls out the uh, the book of fire, tosses it to Eli. Says, "I got you something from the war, Father," and then he walks away into the night. <laughs> I think
0: he, uh, Eli was just trying to like, holy, what the what? Azula and Eli were both like in one, like what? <laughs>
2: And, and as you know, this is happening. You kind of hear uh, Miriam calling after Victor as he just like just leaves, and Miriam just confused, like Victor, wait, I don't understand.
3: I feel like we brought it home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you get, if you consider like an outright like
0: tragic, like Shakespearean tragedy as bringing it home. Yes, we definitely did. I (laughs) I feel
2: like every
3: arc of every character. Yeah.
2: We had Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat. We had (laughs) Romeo and (laughs) Juliet.
0: Oh my gosh, that was amazing. Thank you all so much for playing. I had so much fun. (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah, it was a blast. <laughs> that was awesome. Well, thanks so much for picking my game to play. And uh, and it was so much fun playing with you guys.
0: It was a pleasure, yeah. If you like what you hear, please connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at DFYT underscore podcast, on Facebook at Don't Forget Your Towel podcast, and through email at dfytpodcast at gmail.com. If you have a few dollars to spare and you've been liking what you hear, please consider donating to us on Patreon. But if you don't have a few dollars to spare, that's all good too. Just keep listening and like or review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Every single rating goes a long way to helping us increase our reach and to share the RPG love. We would also like to thank our patrons, Benjamin Tay, Adrian, Jesse Wesson, Bonnie Cohen, thank you all for your support. We could not do it without you. Till next time, keep your towels at the ready.